Oh my God, I'm chilling. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? Hey everyone. Hey everyone. What's up? Welcome to People Are the Worst. Welcome and welcome to your new patrons, Carol, Elizabeth, and Tiffany. Hey, new friends. Um, you look cute. What's going on? Is it is Thank it because it's Friday? Friday. Um, sure. Yeah, we could say that. No, me and Barrett are sneaking in a date before going to get this kid from daycare, which you got to do these days. A pre pickup beer. Yeah, he's been really busy lately, and we're just gonna sneak one in. With what? Why? Work. Oh, work. Duh. Oh my gosh. Shout out. Hey, B. Good job putting in the long hours. Shout out is um small biz. We love a small biz. Shout out. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, my husband Barrett owns his own company, Luxury Innovations. It's home automation. He can make your entire home a smart home. Everything on our house is controlled by an app and via our phones. It rocks. He's very good. Look him up. Use him. Although yeah. I'm hesitant to even say that because I don't want him more busy. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, y'all home is crazy. No, I'm just kidding. We want, yeah, get, get uh, him some more biz. So, you know, if you're in the Atlanta area, that's convenient, but he'll go pretty much anywhere. Yeah, fly just anywhere. Charlotte. Oh, well, he'll fly, yeah. But wasn't, he was in Charlotte recently, right? Yeah, he did or a Greenville. Brewery. He did a brewery in Charlotte. Oh, cool. Oh. A few things in Greenville, yeah. So yeah. luxury innovations, Barrett Blackstock. He rocks it. He rocks it. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't have a website, but we follow him on Instagram, I think, right? Just Yeah. Luxury just innovations. You can look Google up our name. Who we follow. Yeah. yeah. Or Google his name. Sure. Or Google his name. His email will come up. I love <laughs> that. Well, love that. B, what up? Shout. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Also, special shout out to Bailey, who is a behavioral health professional who reached out to us about one of our episodes. Y'all, this is the information we need. She heard an, the episode, I cannot remember which one it was, but we were talking about how the voices someone hears with schizophrenia varies from country to country. Like in America, they tend to hear their voices tend to say negative things like, hurt people, potentially kill people, obviously not all. But in India, I think it was India, they tend to hear more motivational things like spread the Lord's word, things like that. It was an early episode. It, it was, was yours. Early. It was Rebecca's too. I can't, yeah. I do not know which one though. I know me neither. And she said professionals think the reason that is, is because people with mental illness in other countries are more accepted. They're part of the community, sometimes even celebrated. Whereas in America, they're ostracized, kind of villainized, and essentially treated like shit. I'm just kidding. She didn't say treated like shit. I'm just yeah, you know, paraphrasing. Yeah. It's very interesting, and it makes sense. So thanks for writing in, Bailey. That was dope. Yeah, that was dope. Thank you. Um, any more input you have, I'd love to hear it. Okay, so we're not going to talk about the Titan. Okay, fine. Oh, no, we can. I was just kidding. Um, Y'all, they found debris. 1600 feet away or yards feet feet from the titanic wreckage and it has been determined to be the titan submersal or whatever submarine um surely you already know this hearing yeah by this time y'all do already know this but here's the thing i rachel you know when you learn about 
Titanic in like fifth grade or whatever, and you're like fascinated with it, that never went away for me. I am obsessed with the Titanic. So she like, is. literally, my phone has been blowing up all week being like, you were the first person I thought of with this. It is. I think in an early episode, you talked about Ocean Gate. There was something that was like, no, yeah, you can go see the Titanic for a cool 250 or something. It was something quick, but I was like, oh, you can? I don't even know. Um, maybe. Maybe I knew that. I knew that um, it was becoming a thing that, you know, very, very rich people can do, like go to space and things like that. Sure. Or researchers, obviously. I know James Cameron's been there. Mm-hmm. Again, the very wealthy. And now there's like, uproar about from the t- victims of the Titanic, their families saying like, this is so insulting. It's a grave site, like let them rest in peace. But I'm like, you could say that about the 9-11 memorial. Yeah. Is anyone insulted that people go visit that? No. I mean, anyway, the Titan thing was insane. My, my absolute favorite recap of it is from um, Rob Anderson on Instagram. It's like heart throb Anderson He's a comedian. He really goes into like how it was just like some rigged up submarine. It followed no regulations. The CEO, who was the captain or pilot or whatever on the submarine, didn't want to hire, said he didn't want to hire a bunch of old 50 year old men and experts. He wanted visionaries and young people. Like it's given me a lot of WeWork vibes. And <laughs> it was. Oh, it makes me cringe. And now it's like, and it is so sad for the victims, but I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe. It makes me short of breath. It, it gives me so much anxiety. I know. And those poor, and the son, that 19 year old, apparently was petrified to go on it. He did not want to go. He only went because it was, was Father's, Father's Day. Day. Yeah. Oh God. But it's just crazy. Rob Anderson has a good recap of like how they ignored regulations and people um but he's like doing it in a funny way i'll just tell you that right now yeah he's a comedian I think experts that, but. yeah did experts came out and was like this is not this is a very bad idea like please stop sending this that far down to the ocean like it is not past any of the regulations like <laughs> oh god it gives me so much anxiety how many successful trips did they have they did a few in the past two years i think the first one was in 2021 but they've done a couple since then i don't know how many exactly but like you get in and they bolt you in with 17 bolts oh it just oh, like oh god gives me stop it willies me too and you get a little sack oh my god the tweet that's oh uh, yeah i can't they yeah there was 96 hours of oh, oxygen well, we have to explain okay well uh, i'm just that kind of goes into that there there was 96 hours of oxygen um, but it was never tested against five people being in there. So they probably ran out and it imploded before they even got the test. Like it's been imploded the whole time, I think. Um, that's good. I'm sorry. That, oh, yeah. It, if that's the case, they, it went lightning fast. So no good. one suffered. No one was panicking for two days or four days or whatever. Um, so that actually is best case scenario. But yes, yeah, someone tweeted out like, "My, do you have the tweet? What was her father? Like yeah. some expert engineer hold on yeah it's in our screenshot in our sister's text so it says i texted my engineer dad about the titan and his reply is morbid to say the least um i'm just gonna get to the what really it's a very long text it's a very long text and says horribly unsafe design no navigation system poor 
communication system, exposed thrusters, no inflatable flotation collar once it rises, limited air supply locked in, no way to get out, no way to get fresh air when on the surface. I'd be nervous taking it to the deep end of our pool, never mind 13,000 feet below surface and total blackness and cold and 6,000 pounds per square inch pressure. Oh, God. Interesting choices. This is what really, I was like, oh, shit. Interesting choices about life and death and air. Enough air for five people for four days or air for one person for 20 days. Who goes first and why and when? When you realize you need more than four days to be saved, does the irresponsible CEO go first? Does the billionaire offer to give billions to those who take their lives? Does everyone sacrifice to save the 18-year-old? I was oh. like, oh my God, if those conversations are had, but it doesn't sound like they were. Thank God. But that shit like that, I was like, I am short of breath. Really puts it into perspective. Oh God. And the thing is, the CEO was told things like that over and over. Like, this is very unsafe. People will die on this. A whistleblower got fired a couple of years ago for bringing this up. Like, and it, his whole thing is like, we need visionaries. This is a thing we're going to control the PlayStation controller. Like, give me a fucking break. Right. This is nonsense. All right. Going into my story now. And I'm telling you about Quinn and Reed Gray. Rebecca's telling Rachel about Quinn and Reed Gray. Oh, now that's know. what I am a hundred times like Rach does. <laughs> Just helping Just out. Kidding. Just kidding. My sources are Dateline, Florida Times, The Grunge, and it's under a section of The Grunge called The World is Weirder Than You Think, which sure is. Uh-huh. Truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah. Quinn Gray is a 37-year-old woman living in Ponte Vedra, Florida, with her husband, Reed, and two daughters who are six and eight years old. Reed hit it big in the healthcare industry, so they're sitting real pretty in a $4.5 million home on the beach. So they're... Living that cushy Damn. life. Mm-hmm. On September 4th, 2009, Reed comes home from work to find a ransom note. Three men had taken Quinn and were holding her hostage for $50,000 that he owed a loan shark. And the note stated that if cops are called, she'll be killed. Holy shit. I know. Like, can you imagine? What would be the first thing you do? If you got oh home, God. there's a ransom note that said if you call the cops, pain's a goner. Call the cops. Yeah. I mean, I would think my phone would be tapped. Uh, um, I just feel like in most of these stories, the kidnappers are too dumb to actually know how to do all this. I know, but it's like an immediate mind fuck. I'm like, like I don't know if they're actually in the house hiding and seeing if that I'll call the cops are going to jump out and kill me. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Or uh, because when you do hear about these, everyone's like, no, you absolutely need to call the cops. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, maybe go to a neighbor's house and use their phone if I'm that yeah, scared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Call my friend and be like, hey, let's go out for coffee real quick. Use her phone, mm -hmm. something. I get that. Um, but yeah, I would absolutely get the cops involved. Uh, 100%. He arranged for his daughters to stay at a friend's house to shield them from the chaos that was about to happen. And he went down to the sheriff's office while a SWAT team was deployed to his house. When they searched the home, they found the ransom note. But also, there's a photo album on the couch open to Quinn's wedding picture. It's really creepy. The body it's just her? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. The body cam shows it, and I'm like, ooh, this is like creepy vibe. Reed denies 
having ever borrowed money, even Tubman cops, he made 1.3 last year. And so 50K isn't much to him and he would have no reason to borrow it. As the husband, they obviously questioned him first, but he said he, he and Quinn had a great marriage. They were the best they've ever been. Um, she's a great wife, a great mother, and they're even talking about having a third baby. He stayed at the sheriff's office until about 2 a.m. and early the next morning received a call from Quinn, which was recorded because <laughs> detectives have already tapped his phone. And she oh, says yeah. he'll get a call later that day with further instructions. You can hear in his voice shaking when he says he loves her and it's, he's about to break. It's really sad. Oh, I got chills when you said that. That's sad. I know. The sheriff rolled out a mobile command center to a secluded area near Reed and Quinn's house and waited for the next contact from the kidnappers. The next day it comes, and again, it's Quinn, and she's frantic this time, telling Reed the drop-off location, but the reception is a little spotty. So she, you can hear her say, go down Butler Boulevard and take a left on Southside, and he interrupts her, almost <sighs> frustrated. I was like, well, wait, I need to write this down. You can't just... And she fucking flips. I would too. I'm sorry. Uh, the amount of stress she's under, I dare you to act put out. Uh, listen, you better be laser effing focused. <laughs> right. I'm Plus, sorry. You're not going to have a chance to grab a, a legal pad and a pen. Listen no. to me. Butler Avenue is probably a big street. South side, you got this. And your house has turned into a police department. There are cops all around you. You know your phone's tap. You can play <laughs> yeah. it back. Play it back later. <laughs> yeah, come on. It is a very high stress situation. It gives me like, oh my God, just listen. Fucking read. Listen. She loses it. What does she say? She loses it. She's sobbing, yells at him that she do he does not have time to write it down. Just go down Butler Boulevard and take a left. And oh through God. irritated cries, she says they know that he got the cops involved and they're going to kill her, and the phone cuts out. Oh. Mm -hmm. 30 minutes later, another call came in instructing Reed to go to another location, a Chick-fil-A parking lot. <laughs> this... this <laughs> what? I just... And, like, what if she, like... They just started going at it on the phone. She's like, you're always doing this. <laughs> this is why we got in that fight that Christmas. It's like, they yeah. just, like really started dredging up old stuff uh -huh. so you expect me to be a mind reader i don't i need yeah. to write down the location and the kidnappers are like wrap it up wrap it up wrap it up wrap it up <laughs> or they're like really uncomfortable and they're like, yeah. they're like <laughs> okay at, can you take this in the other room slowly backing away and they're like this seems private <laughs> <laughs> this whole story reminds me of your bonus episode yep carrie lawson yeah Mm-hmm. Patrons, you, you know that one, I think is like the third episode. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she tells him to go to a Chick-fil-A parking lot and tells him to bring the convertible, have the top down and drop the money off. But he says he's not doing shit without actually exchanging her. He's not dropping it off and leaving. He wants to see her. Yeah. Very reasonable. Very I'll, reasonable. I love that request. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And the cops are like, yeah, no way. She's getting in your car if you're giving her any, if you're giving them a dime. So the cops put undercover cars in the Chick-fil-A parking lot and tell Reed to play dumb to buy them some time to better prep. So he needs to act like he doesn't know which Chick-fil-A parking lot it is, which <laughs> makes me so nervous. I'm like, she's going to fucking lose her shit. Please don't do <laughs> like, that. Here we go again. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, my God, do not play dumb. She's going to be so pissed. But he does. And she's frantically telling, the, telling him it's by the Avenues Mall and to hurry and he reiterates that he wants to see her first and clicks, turns up. What, so what year is this? Sorry. 2009. 
We always do that. Okay, I know. Before Reed leaves with the money in hand, he gets another call from Quinn telling him that they spotted three cop cars near the Chick-fil-A, so they have to move locations again and wait for further instructions. Investigators take Reed back to his house in an unmarked car and set up a command center inside the house this time. And the moment they walk in the door, Reed gets another text from Quinn that says, whose Ford is in the driveway? (gasps) Wait, a command center inside the house this time? Where was it? They like in a remote location near the Uh, house. Oh, okay. That sounds smarter. Okay. I thought Mm -hmm. you meant like they took over the whole street. I'm like, Jesus. No. Oh, okay. Wow. They said, so they saw a car in the driveway. Uh Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So now they know that they're watching the house, which apparently is very weird for kidnappers to do. They're not playing by the typical normal rules of a kidnapper. So it's throwing police all off and they call in the FBI. And the FBI finds that in between calls that Quinn is making, the kidnapper is taking out the battery of her phone, which completely deactivates it and makes it untraceable. Whoa. Mm-hmm. One kidnapper knows what they're doing. Holy shit. So the only thing that they have to go off of is pings while it's in use. They're tracing those and see that some activity is out a lot further than others. So they think that they're moving and send cops to an area west of Orlando and thought they were honing in on them. But they made a very critical error. Before tracing the calls, they had to get a judge's approval, and in the rush to fill out paperwork, someone made a typo on the phone number. So they're tracking the wrong phone. It is very similar to the Carrie Lawson I know, case. right? I know. That, but that, I mean, Carrie Lawson was like 1990, 1987 maybe. This mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah. They Come wasted on. an entire Saturday following the wrong person. I, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Y'all. And no phone calls were made by Quinn the entire day. So at this point, her mom, Gail, is driving down from Georgia and gets to their house around 2 a.m. And she said she walks into a war zone. There's SWAT teams everywhere. They're hiding in the house. They're even on the roof. She's like, it's, it, they literally, they turned their house into a police department. Oh, wow. They're hiding in the house? Yeah. I don't know. But she spots them? No, they just, like, tell her. They fill her in. SWAT team is everywhere. (laughs) Come on. Y'all, I'm tired. I got... Never mind. Don't worry about it. Sorry about that. That was stupid. Cut it if you want. Yeah. And hostage negotiator Tony Kravick. Do you have something funny to say? No, I'm just like, that was just so dumb. I'm like, in my head, I picture she walk in and they're like standing behind a plant <laughs> like and she's like i see y'all it's so stupid it is stupid. please don't unsubscribe <laughs> yeah. and hostage negotiator tony kravick had gail send a text to quinn every 20 minutes hoping the kidnappers were reading them and i would say things like i love you i hope you're safe everyone's really worried to so hopefully this would hopefully humanize quinn and they wouldn't hurt her They all went unanswered until about 9 a.m. the next morning when she got a text from her saying, have the money in a bag, no traceable devices, no read whatsoever. If he's anywhere close, she is dead. No cops. Be ready by 11 a.m. That was to Gail? Yeah. Yeah. So now they're done with Reed. They only want to use her elderly mom who is more controllable than Reed is. Mm -hmm. She's a 62-year-old manager at Walmart who breeds dogs on the side. Like... She could not be further out of her comfort. She's no Liam Neeson. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No. Let's get that guy in here. <sighs> no shit. 
She has no special set of skills. That's Mm -mm. for damn sure. Mm -mm. So they instruct her to go to a public beach and in the bathroom will be further instructions. She does exactly what she's told. She has the money, which is only $10,000, and a blue bag, which has a tracking device, and finds the further instructions and the toilet paper holder in one of the stalls. Can you imagine being a stranger and just like finding that? Oh, God, I'd freak out. I know. The note was in Quinn's handwriting telling her to go to Joe's Crab Shack and drop off the bag. There's an unmarked FBI helicopter in the air. There are undercover cops everywhere. She puts the bag in the bush as instructed. And not too long after, a group of three men approach the bag, kick it a little, and pick it up and put it in the back of an SUV and leaves. (gasps) The cops are on them, and they're going through little neighborhoods, like clearly trying to ditch surveillance. Then all of a sudden, they see them pull into a gas station And Jacksonville PD pulls in behind them, gets out and talks to them. Now, in an attempt to have no media involved, the FBI and Sheriff's Department didn't tell Jacksonville PD about any of this. Oh, what? So they have no idea why they fought, why they pulled in behind them, why they're getting out to talk to them. So the FBI intervenes and it turns out that these are three college foreign exchange students who stumbled upon the bag and got scared when they saw how many cars were following them. So they themselves actually called 911. I was oh. like, hey, we found money and now we're being followed by a bunch of people. So we're good. We want you to take the damn bag. Oh my oh, God. Oh, no, crazy. Hi, we seem to have stumbled upon a sketchy situation that we want no part of. And a lot of money. I mean, mm-hmm. they should have known. Well, I guess not. Never mind. They're just kids. But, oh, that's so weird. Three men. They thought that. Are we sure? Sure what? That that that, wasn't them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that they called the police. Sure. But, oh, my God. That is That recording is on. I mean, it's a call to 911. It's on recording. You can listen. Oh, my God. I'd be so scared if I just walked by a bush and there was a, like, duffel bag in it. I'd be like, everyone, run. Yeah, I think it's a bomb. Oh, my God. And they, like, kick it to make... Oh, woo. Oh, my God. Once when I was coming home from work in D.C., I was on the bus and a man got on, dropped off a duffel bag, and then got off. No. Arrest. You had never... You've never seen so many arms pull the thing to Nuh-uh. stop the bus. Everyone got off. Did the bus driver not say, like, uh-uh, we're not doing this? No, it just happened too quick. He got on, dropped it, dro- got off. We're like, nope. No idea and what it was. There wasn't a formal evacuation? Or it was just, like, everyone got the hell out of there? Everyone just got the hell out of there. Well, what about, the bus? Bus. what about the bus driver? I don't know. I'm sure he called WMATA. That's the bus system. Okay. Oh, the my- Or the Metro Police Department and said, hey, come check this out. But I don't think it was anything, obviously. What the hell is that guy's problem? It's not even something. Scared. You've never seen so many <laughs> arms pull a stop cord. Oh, my God. I was like, nope, we will walk the rest of the way. Anyway, so, yeah, it's just like that. <laughs> it's exactly like that. So the kidnappers call Quinn's mom pissed, and the FBI tells Gail to be more aggressive and kind of fight back, which backfires because the man fires around while on the phone and will not let her mom talk to Quinn again. So Gail's panicking. Oh, God. She's like, I was just doing what I was told. How many days has this been at this point? This is, well, they lost a Saturday, so this is Sunday. She was kidnapped on Friday. Now this is Sunday. Okay. Oh, that's my next line. The next day is Sunday. Oh, okay. 
and they hadn't heard Quinn's voice all day, but she texts her mom that she's alive and they won't let her have phone access anymore, but to check Reed's email. And in Reed's email was a proof of life shot of a very distraught Quinn who honestly didn't look like herself. And apparently when you take a picture, there's GPS coordinates tied to it and cops can trace it back to the location it was taken from. Oh my God, I'm learning so, so much. much. So within minutes, they're on the way to the location, but by the time they get there, they're gone. I'm exhausted. It's exhausting. Local news did get wind of Quinn's disappearance and they run a story on it and the kidnappers see it, which really pisses them off. They've threatened to kill her if this leaks, so the FBI come up with a cover story that the cops found Quinn's car abandoned and came to her house to check on her. And when she wasn't there, they started searching for her. This would not happen in a million years, mm-hmm. but the <laughs> yeah. kidnappers buy it. And I don't think that the news reported that she was kidnapped, just that she's missing. Yeah. I hate to um, call bluff on three potentially dangerous people, but I'm like, at this point, everything they've said happened, like if, if this happens, we'll kill her. If this happens, oh, all of it's happened. I'm like, you're, so you're not going to kill her. So now, Quinn, do whatever the fuck you want. Bolt, get the hell out of there. Let's yeah, go. Totally. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Don't underestimate the intimidation factor. Oh, I'm all talk. If I were being held hostage oh, against three men and they kept <laughs> not killing me, you think that would change my fear at all? No. no I know. I know. Because I could switch at any moment. You never know. Sure. Yeah, so I don't think the news knew that the, all they said was that she was missing. So they still don't know. FBI convinces the kidnappers. They don't know that negotiations are happening, that they don't know she's been kidnapped. Chill. Because Gail is emotionally drained, sitting at the house all day waiting for a call from the kidnappers, Tony, the hostage negotiator, decides to take her to FBI headquarters to kind of change scenery. They're sitting in the courtyard and her phone rings. And for some reason, I'm, I'm guessing maybe because of the location change, this call is not recorded. But when Gail answers, Tony, I what? I don't know. Your, your buildup is scaring me. Sorry. I got chills. Oh, good. But when Gail answers, Tony said the blood rushed from her face. Oh. And Tony immediately starts record, recording her side of the conversation. And it is really sad. She's yelling Quinn's name, asking if they're hurting her. She's sobbing. She clearly can't understand what Quinn is saying. But according to Gail afterwards, it sounded like they were hurting her and she was possibly listening to her daughter's murder. Oh, no. Oh, my God. The recording on Gail's side is so sad. Later that day, a 911 operator receives a call and it's Quinn. She had been pushed out of a van and was standing in a mall parking lot. What? She's, I know. It's, this gets batshit, guys. She's obviously shaken up and screaming into the phone that she's Quinn Gray, she's free, and she's been kept in a room for three days, tied to a chair. So they take her to F FBI's Jacksonville headquarters and you can hear her on one of the interrogation room's recording devices, and she's a wreck running into that place. She's crying that they almost got her killed. She then tells them that she's always had felt that her husband had a dark and sinister side to him, and she's confident that he wanted her killed. She thinks that he was fucking up on purpose. Oh, but not behind it. He just lucked out? No, she thinks that uh, he's behind it. Oh, okay. And one of the detectives actually agrees with her. He didn't have a good feeling about Reed because the first thing he asked when going down to the sheriff's office was, is the media involved? Not the first thing to be concerned with if your wife's been kidnapped. 
That's unless you're like saying it in like a have y'all gotten media involved like let's get the word out there i could see asking uh, see, about to that. me it's opposite to me it's like if the media is involved the kidnapper said they'll kill her so oh uh, yeah 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 okay so to me i'm not as put off by that but they were okay so they bring him in for questioning and he does reveal that despite what he said earlier they did have a bit of a rocky marriage he explains there had been some infidelity on both sides she apparently went out one night, got drunk, came home at 3 a.m., and he found her underwear in her purse, and he threatened to divorce her, but instead just started dating other people behind her back. But according to him, they had resolved all these issues, and obviously he denies any involvement, even taking a lie detector test, which he does pass. Mm -hmm. I don't care about that. So before you stop this episode because you think you've got it all figured out, don't. Don't tell me what to do. I figured it out. Bye. Closing my computer now. That's it. Quinn comes back to the FBI office two days later after getting some much-deserved rest and explains what happened the day of her kidnapping. That day, she on Friday, she had a facial, she ran errands, and when she got home, she was in, the, in her closet changing clothes, and there's a man hiding in her bedroom. Oof. He comes out with a gun and tells her not to be stupid, and he's there. He's not there for her, but there for $50,000 that Reed owes a loan shark. And again... To reiterate, they're rich. What? That's what I was just thinking. $50,000. Sure. Right. Why would he bar that? I know. So she's thinking, that's weird. She doesn't think Reed would do that unless they're secretly having money issues. She notes that their monthly mortgage is 25000 bucks. So double that, you would think that he wouldn't need a loan for. Like, don't get me wrong. $50,000 is a shit ton to the average person. But the same goes for non-millionaires. Like if your mortgage is a thousand bucks a month, you typically wouldn't have a problem paying two thousand dollars in a bind in a sticky yeah. situation. Like certainly right. wouldn't need to take a loan out for it. I am really stuck on a twenty-five thousand dollar mortgage. <laughs> that is a problem. It blows my mind. How much did they buy it for? Like four and really? a half. Four and a half million. Are you gonna back into the down payment? I'm trying to back into <laughs> The down what, I knew, do we know interest rates? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. We're not going to be able to back into it. But I'm like, so y'all put zero down? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't, I'd have to I, find X. I'd have to find X. We got to find X. After this, get out your legal pad and pen. She's much more clear about what she thinks happened. She thinks she was brainwashed in those 72 hours of captivity and does not think that Reed was trying to kill her. She continues that the man made her write that ransom note and he made her write three men were there, but it was actually just one who abducted her. He bound her, threw her in the van and drove her to a warehouse or a car repair shop and she was zip tied to a chair and she has all these marks to prove it. She's left alone for hours and notices there, there are other chairs in the same position like hers, but they're empty. It's like other people had been there before and this was a torture chamber. The kidnapper eventually comes back and cuts her out of the zip ties, zip ties to let her sleep on the ground, and he gets up next to her and starts kissing her neck. <laughs> Gross. And he does do the inevitable. He rapes right. her for the first time. The next day, the man moves her to a motel, the Emerson Inn, and he threatened to kill her husband and girls if she didn't cooperate. She said they did go to Publix and he bought chicken and other specific items. So the cops go to that Publix and pull surveillance and find the man buying exactly what Quinn said. Oh, that was really stupid. Why? To go to Publix? 
Oh, oh, stupid on the kidnappers part. I thought you meant on the cops part. I was like, what? No, Why? that was just like, oh, I know. Wow. I'm, well, I'm, I'm sure he did a lot of things with surveillance, but like that was just really dumb. I know. It's like and, all these people, they go to a Home Depot or a Walmart parking lot. I'm like, big stores will always have surveillance. Why don't people learn? And I mean, I'm glad they did, but they let her go after that. Like, obviously, she's going to go tell them. I mean, wow. Yeah, that's stupid. Just, sorry. Go on. So they blast out this video. And before you know it, a man named Jasmine Asmanovic calls into the police station and tells them he saw his picture on the news and he needs to talk to someone because he has no ties to this case. So they bring him in, and he seems pretty cocky. Before the detective even comes into the interrogation room, he's, like, setting up a tea time on the phone. Oh, Jasmine is? Yeah. Okay. Jas Jasmine thinks that he's going to play golf that day. Oh. So Jasmine is a Bosnian immigrant who is an auto mechanic, but he's putting himself through school for criminal justice and is about to graduate. He does not seem like the gangster type to need, need to kidnap someone for ransom. And when they show her a picture to him, he doesn't know who she is and says she just looks like another blonde chick. He doesn't know. And it was him on the surveillance? Yeah, he says that's Publix? me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. But not only did Quinn identify him as her abductor, the clerk from the motel identified him coming in with her. Even oh. gave the specific room number, 207, that they stayed in. So Jasmine thinks he's being set up to be the fall guy because Quinn's some rich white girl and they need to depend on someone. And Quinn even said she thinks her kidnappers were from Albania, not Bosnia. And he essentially la just starts laughing at that and was like, that right there should tell you that's not me. He's like, have you ever seen an Albanian? Like, really shaming the cops. But he's buying the exact things that Quinn said. Wait, that is so, I'm like so torn. Uh, and the clerk the motel clerk id'd him that's the weirdest well no uh -huh. it's, it's all weird i don't know what's the weirdest okay i'm torn but i'm like on a side i don't know why maybe i don't, don't need to be <laughs> <laughs> that's what the detective said jasmine starts driving him crazy because he was trying to control the interview he starts talking about how high his iq is and that this is all bullshit yeah, he's pissed. He's got a tea time to make. I know. And up until this point, I'm totally with Jasmine. I'm like, this, uh, I would be like, I'm, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. This seems like a racist problem. Get out of here. Go make your tea time. But no, she, the motel guy, no. I know. I mean, he's very convincing that they have it all wrong. But the IQ comment, I'm like, God, Fuck these off. fucking criminals always think that their IQ is higher. So I'm like, hmm, let me think. And then he says, no, this is bullshit, and I'm going to explain why. And he admits, yes, he does know Quinn, and he's not an idiot. He saw this finger pointing coming from a mile away and then tells them he has a recording they might be interested in. Oh, my God. Chills. And I'll recap what she said because I know that audio sucks. So they're laughing and she jokes, I'm starting to feel like the sinister one doing this to my family. I wonder what my girls think right now. Whenever this is all over, I have your word. Whatever story we come up with, we stick to it. And he says something like, yeah, we both need to stick to the same story or we're both fucked. Yep. 
It was all a scheme. She faked her own kidnapping. Wait, first of all, I for a moment forgot kids. She had kids, mm-hmm. young kids. Yeah, Holy and I'm playing only shit. clips of it. But he is literally recording. This recorder is in his pocket all weekend. It is hours. They are laughing at the fact that cops or FBI can't find them. She's talking to Jasmine about how she can't believe she came up with this. They're having sex. It records her making making the marks on her wrist to be the zip ties. And she's like, look what I did. I did it with the rope. Because he leaves her for one night to be alone in the hotel. I don't know why. But she was like, look what I did when you were gone. I put marks on my wrists and ankles. It's like what they're Why? laughing about it it's crazy and the clerk at the motel did id jasmine and sure. id quinn too as the woman holding his hand <gasps> mm-hmm. then like with or without the public saying with or without anything when quinn came to them saying i've been kidnapped i escaped or whatever I, we were in this motel at one point did she not think they were going to go straight to that motel and ask every single employee if they saw a girl in distress and what room and all that and they were like yeah, she was holding some guy's hand. I, this is what makes no this? sense to me. I think she really thought, I'm just going to go. I'm going to pin it on this guy, and I'm going to go with the brainwashing story. Wait, so what was She just needed a vacation? So here's the thing. This is very, very I know. Sh- Sherry Papini. Uh, yeah, very it is. Sherry Papini. It is. I'm pissed. It's so obnoxious. Okay, here it is. They met at a gas station, started an affair, and decided to try to extort $50,000, which makes no sense because, A... Her husband threatened to divorce her a few times because she was cheating on him and she didn't want to. Her mother backs that up. So Quinn did not want a divorce. She would have probably gotten more than 50K in a divorce settlement. So well, like, maybe they had a prenup. That's why she didn't want a divorce. May, uh, yeah, maybe. I think they started out young. I think they've been together for a while. Like he wasn't rich. I mean, maybe they put one in place. I don't know. Yeah. I think they grew their wealth together. I don't know. B, what's the plan next? You stay with your husband and you pocket the earnings. You split it with your new boyfriend. You're not riding off into the sunset with them. That would require a divorce that you don't want, apparently. Did she, mid fake kidnapping, did she have like a change of heart? Like, why did she end end it like this? I don't know. I do. I mean, I have a feeling she, she stands, we'll get to it, but she stands strong today that she was kidnapped. Oh, because she didn't want a divorce. Never mind. That was dumb. She just wanted the money. Get he, They got the extorted $50,000, and then she's fine and okay, and thank God I'm back with my family. Hugs, hugs. He, he, I have $50,000 in my bank account that you don't you know. You had $50,000 in your bank account before all this. That is where I'm like, you didn't work, and you had your husband's unlimited black card. What you can? What do you need? Yeah. What do you need fifty k for? Maybe she felt a divorce coming. She was just stashing away. <laughs> yeah i don't know I we could speculate all damn day and we can let's go <laughs> let's keep let's going go. he recorded this in the very likely event that they would get caught and she would point the finger at him he and nailed he it right. he nailed it <laughs> so they arrest both jasmine and quinn for extortion quinn pleads not guilty saying that she did not have a willing sexual relationship with jasmine and look i know some kidnappers can make you say things on a recording to like threaten if they ever get caught, that you would go down with them. But she's not even saying that. She's sticking with the brainwash thing, saying that he completely changed the way she thought in those three days of captivity. I do believe that this can happen to victims, not in three days. I really don't. What, is he a mastermind? What, what is he doing? And actually not even three days, because 
when the clerk saw them together hand in hand and there was zero distress, that was them checking into the motel. So that was day two. That was less than 24 hours after her abduction. He would be um, a mastermind working that quick. Oh my God. And if your entire thought process had been reprogrammed, it takes more than just freedom to undo it. The moment he pushed her out of the van, it's all undone. She calls 911. Oh my God, I've been kidnapped. I am no expert, but I think it takes some serious therapy to snap out of trauma like that. This is very, to me, kind of like Patty Hearst. She was held longer mm -hmm. than that. I do. She could have been brainwashed, but then when she switches over to their side and they rob the bank and all this stuff, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden when they're busted, then she comes out of the brainwash. Mm -hmm. like she's like in the cop car and she's like, I've been brainwashed. I'm like, I don't think you'd snap out of it like that. No. I don't know yeah. if she was literally in the cop car. Don't come at me. I, but that went when they're interrogating her it's, right. it's like that day, she's like, thank God it's been months and I've been kid. I've been brainwashed this whole time. I'm like, well, that was really fast turnaround. Good. It for is you. very Patty Hearst. And it's yeah, very, all, all Quinn needed was a nap apparently. And she came Ooh. out. She's like, Reed wasn't trying to kill me. I was talking crazy. I'm like, no, no, I just don't believe you, but she's going with it. Bailey, then, let us know. <laughs> if you Bailey, know, any let us know. Do you know anything about that? Bailey, you have involuntarily become our professional health consultant. Mental so, health. Mental if, health consultant. And Behavior. maybe you don't know about that, but let us know if you do or anyone. Can you be brainwashed and snap out of it within a, you know, moment's notice? Not like this. Not the way she's recording on. I'm confident. I know. You those totally recordings can. are insane and they go for the full 72 hours yeah but she's going with it and in another twist reed is standing by her side uh, no even going on the today show with matt lauer to voice his support for his wife and to be objective okay there is a part in the tape that makes jasmine sound like a kidnapper he Ooh. says you know you'll be released tonight and you'll go home okay i've said that from day one and she says yeah it's kind of, it's a weird, she's a little timid and she's like, yeah, okay. But I'm like, hmm. She's, that to me sounds like she's sad it's over. Wait, he says, hold He on. says, you know you'll be released tonight and go home, okay? I've said that from day one. Oh. I'm like, that's interesting. That's weird. I know. But the entire recording wasn't released. It's only little clips. So I have no contact. They could be role-playing for all I know. Yeah. They could be yeah. getting off on this. I have no idea. That's the only part, apparently, and detectives have confirmed that's the only part that's like, hmm, huh, that does sound kidnappy. Kidnappy. Sounds rapey. Mm -hmm. Either way, though, Reed started having a few doubts, and he arranged for a private polygraph test for his wife, which she failed. Oh. And it means nothing to me either. <sighs> and previously, he refused to listen to the tapes in support of his wife, but he decided to put himself through it, and it changed his mind completely. There's a clip of them having sex, and Jasmine jokes, does Reed get this much action? And she laughs and says, you know he doesn't. And that was enough for him. He files for divorce in 2010. He listened to that after the Today Show? Mm -hmm. Oh, God. I bet he's like, damn it. I should have listened before. So That's he like fine. didn't go on air. I know, but it's just sad. Like he went in front of the entire nation, like st sticking by her. I know her mom still sticks by her. Oh God, give up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, give me a break. Yes, give me a damn break. Gail, come on. I You're know. the one who's brainwashed now. Let's snap <laughs> right. out of it. But I feel 
I don't want to yell at Gail. I'm sorry. I know it's your kid. You're just going to believe anything. <sighs> but listen to the tape, Gail. Come on. I mean, really? You got it, girl. February 2011, Quinn pleads no contest to extortion until this day stands by her story and wrote a lengthy statement to Dateline, doubling down on it that she did not know Jasmine. At this point, what are you doing? I know. They both got probation, no jail time, in order to repay $86,000 in overtime costs that was run up by law enforcement. But they're both walking and talking free today. And she shares custody of their two daughters. Oh, and they're old enough now. Yeah, like, they're old you enough now. Are a piece of shit. I wonder if they're still in touch. I, would, I mean, that you're done for. That shit story, huh? What? That's it? Yep, that's it. Well, that was really abrupt. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to say? I mean, poor Reed and I girls. Know. Those poor daughters. I just, I just still want to be in her head and understand. Well, you can't. What? Was the point? What, did you need fifty grand? No, no. Again, she may, maybe she was stashed. I don't know. Yeah, maybe there was a prenup, and that's the only that's the only thing that makes sense. That she's like, if we get a divorce, I actually have no money. And I think he hit it big, and well, we marriage. Know. I mean, yeah, maybe. But yeah, I want to. I want to be in her head. I don't understand. She mm -hmm. is terrible, and the fact that she thought she was going to get away with that, and like. Right. She's like, worst comes to worst, I feel like she was like, okay, they're honing in on us and we're not getting the 50K. It's the FBI's involved now. We're going to get caught. So I'm just going to pin it on this Bosnian immigrant that I'm sleeping with. Yeah. And he's like, joke's on you. I knew you were going to do this, you dumb, right, white, rich person. Bitch. The tables have turned. That was very smart. His IQ is His IQ is hot because... It was going to get pinned on him had he not had that recording. It was going to be his word against hers. For sure. And that was not going to go in his favor. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jasmine, you should not have gone along, gone along with that. But wow, that was smart. That was smart. <sighs> Thanks, everyone. Tell your friends. Keep writing reviews. We love it. Bailey will be in touch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right people are the best why do i always say that people are not the best y'all are the best people are the worst bye bye